Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 15th of March 2015, entitled A Transformed Life Part 3. And the Bible reading is taken from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Right, let's open our Bibles this evening for our scripture reading. And again, as we continue to look in our thought that we've been looking at the last couple of weeks on a transformed life. I would like to, uh, first of all, read from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I invite you to stand to honor the reading of God's precious and holy word. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Father, We thank you so much this evening for the privilege we have of looking into your word once again. Now, Lord, for these next moments that we have together, Lord, as we come dependent solely upon you, we pray that by the power of your spirit that you would use your word to speak to our hearts this evening, to each one, Lord, that which we most need. Lord, not that it might make us feel good, that it might make us happy, but that truly it might play a part in what we're reading right here, that our lives might be transformed more like our Savior, for it's in his name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. As we have been thinking on this passage, this, as Christians, presenting our bodies to the Lord, not as a dead, but as a living sacrifice, he says here, one that is holy and acceptable unto him, not allowing our lives to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that as a result of that, we might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's pretty daunting when you begin to stop and think that for God's perfect will to be accomplished in your life, for your life to be what God wants it to be, that we need to present ourselves to him as a living sacrifice that he might work with, not being conformed, and if you recall, have I turned this thing on yet? Yes. That we've looked at just simply what these two words mean, that being conformed to this world literally means to be pressed, to be pressed into a mold, just as we take this this cookie cutter here and we put it against that, there is absolutely nothing that can happen to that except to be pressed into that mold and be exactly what it wants. God says, don't let your life be pressed into the mold of this world. Don't let the pressures around you, all the things, he says, take your life and present yourself to God a living sacrifice, giving yourself to him, yielding yourself to him so that rather than just being 
pressed into the form, the mold of this world, that you might be transformed into something different. Now, here's all these beautiful creations that you made Sunday before last, and they all started out as the same similar piece of plasticine, just like this one. But by your hands, you took and transformed them into a new creation, something beautiful, and there's all kinds there. And you know, that's really like when we look at the uniqueness of each one of those transformations that are no longer just that plasticine, no longer even just that plasticine being pressed into a mold by the work of hands being transformed into something new, something totally different. That's what God wants to do with our lives. And and in looking at this truth, and it should be something that should be exciting to each one of us as Christians, we don't have to be pressed. Pressures are a part of life. There's things around us all the time, and the world is going to do its best to press us into its mold, what it wants, what it wants to see of us, what it wants us to be. But the challenge to us is to give ourselves wholly to God, that he can take and transform us into a totally new creation. And of course, we looked at just one wonderful illustration that we have of this in Acts chapter 9, when we looked at this one, this Saul of Tarsus, and how that his life was totally transformed on the road to Damascus. Now, in the last two weeks, we've looked at a couple of things already. We looked, first of all, in those first nine verses, and we said there that we saw that his transformed life, he was, Saul was transformed in substance. In other words, he was transformed in everything that he was, what he believed, his faith, all that he stood for, all that he thought. Remember, this transformation is taking place by a renewing of the mind. The only thing that's going to renew our minds from what the world is trying to put there is God himself through his word. This is what will transform our lives. We find that when Saul met Jesus on the road to Damascus that day, his life was transformed. That's the way that all of our lives will be transformed. Originally, first of all, in substance, just as Paul's was, in what we believe, our faith is changed. We find that he was literally made into a new person. And of course, we went on from looking at those first nine verses, and we saw also that not only was there a transformed substance, but we see a transformed sight. Verses 10 to 12, he didn't see things the way that he did before. He saw things differently. His eyes were totally different. When his eyes were open, his sight was not the same. When the Lord transforms our lives, we don't see things in the same light. The same things aren't important to us anymore. We see things differently, not only in ourselves, but even when we look at others. We look at those that maybe we would have had trouble even getting along with before the Lord came into our lives. Suddenly, we can see them in a different light because we can see them as a soul that needs the Lord Jesus Christ. We look at each other, and sometimes, many times, if we're just looking in the flesh, we can look at all the bad things. <laughs> There's bad things in all of us. There's imperfections in all of us. Be not conformed to this world. Don't 
look at things with the eyes that this world looks at them, but let your sight be transformed. See them through the Lord instead of through yourself. Not only a transformed sight, but we saw in verses 13 to 18 a transformed service. Again, we won't go back, but this one, when he went there, we looked at two things there. We looked at Paul and we looked at, at Ananias and we looked at the reputation that, that this man had as he was going there and, and he was going there to throw these Christians into jail. And yet now he's no longer serving the same person, but he, his whole life now is being given to serve the Lord. And he many times in scripture calls himself a servant of the Lord, a bond slave. He's no longer in service to destroy the Christians. He's in service to build up the Christians and the Lord's work. His service was transformed. And we saw in verse 17, finally last week, we saw a transformed strength. The apostle Paul was a powerful man. He had a lot of education. He had the power of the authorities behind him. He'd actually gone and gotten more authority before he came to Damascus to be able to by his own authority and power be able to, to just take these people and to throw them into the jails. We find that suddenly, but all that he was, he had a new strength from within. God had changed this man. And we find that here in verse 17, the first time that we find in scriptures in this New Testament where that one is being filled with the Holy Spirit. God was empowering him from within. His strength was no longer just in his position and in his education and all the things that he could do himself. His transformed life was a life that had a strength that came from within. He had a new power source, didn't he? <laughs> that which was able to help him accomplish it. But I want us to look at a couple more things this evening very quickly. Notice in verses 18 and 19, it says, and immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received the sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. Now, many people believe that here in verse 18 and 19 that we have absolutely undoubted proof that the apostle Paul was definitely a Baptist. Why is that? Because he was baptized in believer's baptism. And the first thing he did after that was went and found some food to eat. Amen. <laughs> he fellowshiped with the food. So he, he was baptized as a believer and he had fellowship around the, around the table with food. But seriously, we find here that what is taking place in this transformed life of the apostle Paul was we also see a transformed social life, a transformed companionship. Suddenly, he's not with the same crowd that he was with before. Here, after his sight was restored, he received meat and was strengthened, and then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. What happened when God tried to send Ananias down there? These people were all afraid of Saul. They didn't want anything to do with this guy. He had a reputation that preceded him. They knew very well that he was out to destroy God's people, to destroy the church. May have been some of their very Christian friends that this man had already cast into prisons before. We find that the Bible tells us that immediately here, 
Immediately. He followed the Lord in baptism. What was he doing? He was saying to the whole world, folks, I have changed sides. I am not ashamed. I am now a follower of this one called Jesus Christ. That's part of what baptism is all about is that identification. You're following the Lord in obedience before the whole world, saying that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. The apostle Paul was showing the world that he was transformed socially. <laughs> he wasn't running with the same crowd. He wasn't following the same people. He didn't have the same friends as he did before. He spent some time here with these, with these new companions, with these brothers and sisters in the Lord, his new family, the very people that had feared him, the very people that he himself had tried to destroy. They were now. They were now his friends. So many times it's amazing when you see the Lord transform a life. Sometimes it's the people that you think are absolutely the church's worst enemy, the people that would do anything they could to destroy the work of God, to make fun of you, to put you down, to, to destroy your joy, your peace, your happiness as a, as a Christian, to belittle you. The very people sometimes that we think there's no hope for are the ones that when the Lord gets a hold of them and they're transformed into a new creation, they become the most devout Christians. They stand up and they're not ashamed to be counted for the Lord. We certainly know from what follows in the Apostle Paul's life, that that was certainly the case with him. You turn back a few pages in your Bible to the Gospel of John. Notice what it says in the Gospel of John chapter 3. Again, a very familiar account as we read through here. But in chapter 3, notice what it says down in verse 14. John chapter 3, verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Now, there's a couple of things here. We know that symbolically, just as Moses had to lift that serpent up in the wilderness, that Jesus had to be lifted up before the whole world on that cross. But may I say to you just as surely that it's mine and your responsibility to lift Jesus up before this world daily on that cross. Just as Moses lifted that servant up, Moses lifted that serpent up in the wilderness, we're to lift Jesus Christ up before this world and let them know that he was lifted up on that cross, that he did die that death for them there. We look back in the very first words that the psalmist wrote in the Psalms. In Psalm 1, verse 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. <laughs> Blessed is that man. He's no longer taking his counsel from those that, that don't know God He's not standing in the same ways, going the same places, following the same paths of those sinners that he one time did. He's not sitting in the seats of those scornful. His companionship has changed. And of course, the great Psalm 119, verse 63, it says, I am a companion of all them that fear thee and of them that keep thy precepts. What are you saying, preacher? 
I'm not saying that suddenly when you become a Christian that you don't know those people any longer that were your friends that are lost. But your social life changes. Your companionship changes. You see, you're not going in the same paths as those people. You're not following in the same ways and doing the same things that they are anymore. You might have compassion for them. You want to see them saved. You want to see their lives changed. But you can't keep going back out there and doing the same thing. A life that is transformed is a life that is transformed socially as well. Your companions change. You want to be around people that love the Lord. That's part of what even being here this evening is all about, that companionship that we have one with another and one for another. That's part of that transformed life. We find that, yes, we want to win those folks to Christ, but we don't want to live the same lives as them anymore. We don't want to listen to the counsel of those that don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. We find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul is giving a very practical uh, information to, uh, to this church here. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, notice what he says in verse 9 and 10. He says, I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators. Not to have company with fornicators. What's a fornicator? It's anyone that is involved in sex in any way outside of the bounds of marriage. No exception. If it's outside of the bounds of marriage, it's sin. It's totally contrary to God. The Bible says you shouldn't even have company with people that are fornicators, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world or with the covetous or extortioners or with idolaters. For then must you needs go out of the world. In other words, we're still living life in this sin-cursed world. There's lost people around us all the time, and many of them are involved in sin. We can't get away from them, but it doesn't mean that we have to keep company with them. We should be a witness to them. We should stand up for what's right. We should let the Lord Jesus Christ be seen in our lives. We shouldn't be afraid to call sin, sin. We can do it in a loving and a gracious way, but it's sin and it's going to destroy them. What are you saying? I'm saying that the Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let God's word take and change our mind about these things and help us to think differently about these things. We're not out there living in this lost world anymore with those people doing the things they want to do. The word of God shows us that's totally contrary. Yes, the apostle Paul's companionship was changed. The very people that he went to destroy are now the people he's sitting and eating with and fellowshipping with. But it's in our lives. Our companionship will be transformed when we come to allow the Lord to do with our lives what he wants to. Notice what he says in verses 20 to 22 here. There's something else that's transformed. He says, and straightway, what did he do? He preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. Oh, God. I mean, he went there to wipe these people out, and now he's in the synagogues 
preaching the word of God that Jesus is the son of God. And all that heard him were amazed and said, is this not he that destroyed them which called on this name in Jerusalem? Isn't this the same guy that destroyed the ones that were calling on Jesus in Jerusalem and come hither for that intent? He came here for that very reason that he might bring them bound unto the chief priest. Man, he was destroying those people in Jerusalem for doing what he's doing now, and he came here with the intention to haul these people back there to do the same thing to them. But Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is very Christ. You see, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's a transformed speech as well. <laughs> Paul, the very one that cursed everything to do with God, that wanted to destroy anything to do with Jesus Christ, his followers, that same one is now standing up preaching Jesus Christ that he is the Son of God to all that will listen. The same one. The people are sitting there. They're in shock. Man, is this the same guy? Why? Because he'd been transformed. He wasn't saying the same things. His speech had totally changed. What this guy was saying couldn't have been any different than what he was before. You see, a natural result of a transformed life in Christ is a transformation of one's speech. We'll have a desire. You cannot meet Jesus Christ and have your life transformed and not want to tell somebody about it. Talk about shocked faces. <laughs> These people were amazed at what they were hearing, and guess what? Some of the very people that knew some of you before you were saved, <laughs> they were shocked at what you were saying afterwards as well. They were shocked. They couldn't believe that this was the same person. Could this possibly be the same man that came here with the purposes that, that he had? I remember, amazingly, Saul went there. He had no shortage of, <laughs> of theological training. He knew all the things about the Bible. He had been trained by some of the greatest theological minds of his day. It wasn't the religion that he came in contact with. It was Jesus that changed his life. He knew all the theology before. But when he met Jesus, his speech changed. His message changed. The most zealous enemy of God's people became one that would stand with them and sacrifice the most for them. We find that the Word of God says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you yield yourself to God, He'll transform your speech. <laughs> you know, we find over and over and over throughout the Scripture, what was, what was Moses' excuse when God wanted him to, to go? Speech, I can't do that, Lord. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't have the, the voice, the speech. I stutter. I can't, I can't talk properly. I can't do that. We find that 
a life that is transformed with God. I mean a transformed speech, but I want to give you this one in closing this evening. Notice what happens picking up in verse 23. Now Paul's in the synagogues. He's preaching. People can't believe what this guy, this change has taken place. It says, and after that many days were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel what? <laughs> to kill him. You know these ideas sometimes that, boy, you know, you just, you just become a Christian and then everything's all right. <laughs> you won't have any more troubles, any more battles, any more struggles. This guy's life is totally transformed. And what's the next thing on the agenda? People are wanting to put him to death. They're wanting to kill him. But their laying await was known of Saul, and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night and let him down by the wall in a basket. Now, keep in mind, <laughs> the ones that are wanting to kill him now, those are the ones that were his friends before. <laughs> those are the, the religious crowd, the religious crowd. And that's what Paul was a very, very, very devout religious man before his life was transformed. He didn't suddenly become religious. He suddenly met Jesus Christ and his life was changed. But that same religious crowd that he was running with before, <laughs> they wanted to get rid of him. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples. But what? They were all afraid of him. So he leaves Damascus, goes back to Jerusalem. But when he gets back there, he wants to join God's people. But they were afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. They didn't believe there's any way in the world that this guy has changed that much. So God had transformed his life. And yet even these Christians at Jerusalem found it hard to believe that that man's life could be transformed. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem and he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians, but they went about to slay him. <laughs> which when the brethren knew, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tarsus. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. You see, we've seen a number of things here. We've seen that first of all, this transformed life, be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, how by presenting ourselves to God as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, a vessel to be used of God and not be conformed, pressed by this world into what this world wants us to be, but by being transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we can prove what's the perfect will of God in our life. Only then will God's will be worked out in our lives. That means, that means a transformed substance. That means you're going to be changed through and through what you believe 
is going to be totally, totally transformed. What you are is going to be totally and completely transformed. It means a transformed sight. You're not going to see things the same way that you saw them before. And we're talking about, keep this in mind, folks. We're talking about, yes, that original transformation when we meet Jesus and we become a child of God. But what we're being told here, this instruction in Romans is being given to Christians. So yes, we are transformed and it should change our very beings, but there should be a transformation that's taking place in our lives day by day, moment by moment, as we, God's perfect will for your life is that you would be transformed into the very image of Jesus Christ himself. God's will for you is that Jesus Christ can be seen in your life, that God can use your life on this earth just as Jesus Christ when he was here, Christ working through you. That's not going to happen when we're pressed into the mold of this world, but it's going to happen when we give ourselves wholly to God and allow ourselves to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That's what's going to change us. A transformed substance, a transformed transform sight, we're going to see things differently. A transformed service. We're going to work. We're going to serve a totally new being. We're going to serve God instead of ourselves and instead of this world. A transformed strength, the very power source within us because God himself takes up resonance within us. Transform social life, our companionship, our friends, the people that we're around, the people that we take counsel from. A transformed speech is going to change. <laughs> we're not going to sound the same. We're not going to be saying the same things. But the last thing we see here also is a transformed struggle. We could look at many things, but notice what it says in Galatians chapter 1, in Galatians chapter 1, he says in verse 17 and 18, and of course, this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Galatia, neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia, returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him 15 days. You see, we find that, in fact, between verse 22 and 23 here in our reading in, in chapter 9, between the time that, in verse 22, when Paul was increased the more in strength, which dwelt at Damascus, in verse 23, after many days were fulfilled, there was three years that had passed that God was working in this man's life. We find that... There were many struggles as he tried to truly live for the Lord. We find on the one hand, the religious crowd that he was with, they're wanting to kill him. They're wanting to take his life. They're wanting to get rid of him. They're wanting to stop him. But on the other hand, to start with, even the other Christians weren't accepting him. They couldn't believe it. They, they, were, they were really, really uncertain about what had taken place in his life. But, of course, his life testimony ended up proving that to them. 
So what am I saying to you this evening? I'm saying, folks, that each and every one of us, all we have is today. The life that we have is what we have right now. What he's telling us here in, in, in these two verses in, in Romans chapter 12 is, is life-changing. It's life-transforming. Our life can be totally transformed. The problem is, is that most of us are just being pressed into the mold that fits this world, being conformed to this world, even in our Christian walks, what the world thinks that we should be as Christians, what the world thinks that we should do, what the world thinks, our lives, the way we live our lives, what the world thinks is right and what the world thinks is wrong. The Bible says don't be conformed. Just give yourself to God wholly. Yield yourself to him. Give yourself to God a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let God's word change you. Let God change you. He says that he will. You can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. <laughs> you can't think the same way. You can't keep thinking the same way. None of us can keep thinking the same way. God needs to change our thinking. And it's God's word that's going to change our thinking by the power of his spirit. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Let God take you and make you what he wants you to be so that you can prove what is that perfect will of God in your life. What does God want to do with your life? God will transform you, but you have to yield yourself to him. You have to give yourself literally saying, okay, what I want's not important. What I think's not important. What God thinks and what God wants, that's what's important for my life. Just as surely as you transform those bits of plasticine into these beautiful creatures that we have before us here, God will transform your life into something that is uniquely you but it'll be his perfect will. But the only way is to begin with you giving yourself to him, that living sacrifice, letting your mind be renewed by what God wants, not what we've been taught, not what we think, not what the world around us thinks, but by God himself and his word. Father, we thank you this evening, Lord. We know that the Apostle Paul is a phenomenal example of a transformed life in Jesus Christ. Lord, we have looked at illustrations of men's lives that have been so totally and completely transformed. Sometimes just that initial transformation when we come to put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ is a phenomenal transformation. That even as with the Apostle Paul, that even those around us cannot believe it, they're amazed. They find it hard to believe, is this the same person? Lord, we also find that, Lord, you're appealing to us as believers here that once that life has been transformed in Christ and we've been made a new creation, Lord, that our lives be given to you then as a living sacrifice. Lord, that we would not be conformed, pressed into the mold of this world and its way of thinking, whether it be religion or worldly or whatever, but that we would be transformed by the renewing of our mind 
letting your word, letting you make us into what you want us to be. Help us to think different. Help us to think according to your word, according to your will, so that we can prove what is that perfect will in our lives. Father, we give you all the praise and all the thanks for it. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. Mm -hmm.